Welcome to In The Making. I'm your host, Katie Stewart, founder of Cheyenne Studio. My guest today is Adriana Vasquez, founder of Lilu, a hands-free pumping bra with built-in breast massage to help pump milk. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me. So I don't know too much about breast milk pumping and the bras that come with it yet, as I have not yet had a child. So I'm going to lean on you to to really explain a lot of how your product works and what it does. So if you don't mind telling us a little bit more about Lilu and exactly what your product is and how it works. Yeah, of course. Um, so before I tell you more about breast massage and why it matters, um, <laughs> let me just tell you a little bit more about our mission uh, and what we're all about. So I started Lilu um, because I started to see friends and colleagues kind of go, go through that transition into maternity leave. So I am also not a mom, but I am a technologist. And so when I saw uh, friends and colleagues really um, struggling to juggle their busy careers, busy schedules with what seemed like a simple goal, which was to breastfeed their their babies and that new life they had brought to the world. They found that it was much more difficult and challenging than they expected and felt so unprepared. So I wanted to explore how we could use technology to make that transition from a Back to back to work easier, and a lot of the questions I had gravitated around breastfeeding, breast pumping, and why was it so difficult? And one of the things that we found is that a lot of moms struggle to produce enough breast milk, and a lot of it has to do actually with the technology. Uh, breast pumps haven't evolved in a very long time, uh, so it's not per se a new technology. In fact, they've been around for you know maybe now like around. Uh, 100 years or so, uh, but they only became commonly used in the last 10, 20 years. So what we found is that for moms who are struggling to pump enough milk, massage helps a lot. There's a lot of research out there. It's almost pretty intuitive for, for moms to do it. But what's not intuitive is that because moms are pumping at work um, and always trying to multitask, you just don't have your hands free to kind of help the pump do, do its work. So we figured out that by automating that breast massage, we could make it a little bit easier and a little bit more comfortable and a little bit less stressful to um, try to pump milk for their baby. So that's kind of how uh, it all started and why, again, we're so focused right now in making pumping more comfortable um, and compatible for the modern mom. Yeah. It's all really interesting. And I think you're creating something or you created something in an industry that I think is often maybe forgotten or you don't really associate breast pumping with technology often, right? It's 
when you're studying technology, it's not the first category that comes to mind. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? I know you study technology and that's kind of your area. And basically, I, I know you saw friends who who needed this and you saw the need. What was it like to start working on redesigning the idea of the breast pump within the technology space? Did you have any interesting reactions to that? How did how does that kind of all come together? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think from the outside, uh, a lot of people are like, wow, how, how is what you were doing before related at all to, to what you're doing now? So I, for, for context, so I studied math with computer science, um, actually a little bit more focused on the theoretical side, not on the practical side, but I did end up working a few years as a software developer and um, I was working in fintech. So I think what I realized at that point is that even in, in such a different space, you know, yeah, I mean, now breast pumping is more of a medical device and physical product, uh, nothing related to fintech per se. But what is a common thread is that I think any technology that you develop, there's typically an end result that you expect. And there's typically somebody interacting with that technology, right? There's somebody that has to learn how to operate it. There's somebody that has to learn how to use it and then uh, what are what are the outcomes that they're expecting. So in many ways, that's kind of when I first started to really get interested in user experience. And I decided at that point that I really wanted to merge my interest in the physical and digital like worlds. So I already felt that, okay, I know software and I love it, but I really think there's something really exciting about uh, what they call like smart objects. Uh, there's a really nice book called Enchanted Objects. And really that's what they feel like, uh, like it for me, right? Uh, you know, we can really make um, something that's a physical device just come to life in such a like interesting way if we embed some sort of electronics in it and sensors and all of that. So that's kind of what led me to decide to do product design and analyze again yeah, from a physical like standpoint, you know, how can we optimize design? And I think, again, the recurring thing here is just thinking about how do you interact with products how do you interact with technology and then what I realized is what also really helpful from coming from a software background is that there's this process of developing things I mean there's I don't know if you've heard these terms like agile and all of these things where basically in a design world what would be called like a design sprint so like you have an idea and you're not gonna suddenly you know build it one day you have to break it into chunks so in that sense I felt that there was so much that we could take from the software world into the development of a physical and hardware product and then like how does that all come together? I think, yeah, when you just think about, again, like the whole purpose of technology is to make our lives easier and better and more comfortable. So, I mean, that's, again, what I take from any anything, you know, like fintech or when we think about, I don't even know, right? Sending rockets to space, right? And things like that. Like, it's just because we're trying to improve our lives or we're trying to make things better. And what I found was like, well, we should apply the same thinking to breast pumping and to that matter for anything in women's health right? There is that need to innovate. There is that desire to innovate. And, um, you know, why not, why not uh, do it ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting that you, you know, thought about it in terms of software development. And I can relate in terms of website design, right? When you talk about agile or design sprints, when you, for anyone who might be less familiar, you essentially create a portion of a product you're creating very quickly and develop that and test it. And you kind of take it in small chunks rather than having this long timeline where you just 
spend a lot of time creating something and then you get to this end product and then it's not exactly what you wanted it to be. So you're doing a little bit at a time so you can kind of keep iterating on it and changing it and improving it as you go, which is a really interesting approach to take to your product design. And it's cool that you could kind of transfer those skills over. So coming into the product design space and designing this uh, massage bra for Lilu, what were some of the tests and interesting things you studied to kind of come up with your uh, final product? I know you said you were really interested in the user experience. And I know you did a lot of work to really study different people, different people's experience. What were some of those studies you did to get to your final product? Yeah. um, I mean, so there's nothing, I guess, like in the absence of you living or experiencing the, the issues and difficulties, like we had to talk to moms, you know, we talked to what started as like five moms became a dozen, became, you know, 40, became a hundred and plus. Right. But what was really nice about having to do that is because it's such a, even though most moms will have some difficulty breast pumping, I mean, how, how you experience it is so different. So I think like having like, again, not having gone through it myself really forced me and my team to listen, right. And listen and observe uh, how people were, again, interacting with their current breast pumping setup, what seemed to be lacking. I think something also really interesting is that, um, and we don't realize throughout the day, right, you're probably doing all these hacks to make things work for you and you don't even realize that you're doing them. So I think, you know, when we were first talking to moms about breastfeeding and breast pumping, we would ask them, you know, like, what did you expect? You know, what surprised you? What disappointed you? You know, if you could make well, wave a magic wand, you know, like what do you wish, you know, um, your your equipment would do for you. But again, you start learning so much if you actually get to see people doing it. So what was really fascinating for me uh, was that moms would be like, well, okay, if you're interviewing me about breast pumping, you know, like, why don't you just sit with me while I breast pump? And I was like, okay, you know, and it was so surprising. Like at some point we would have moms that would drive maybe like 30, 45 minutes up to an hour to come and test. At that point, you know, we had this like sort of Frankenstein designs and they would be willing to pump in front of strangers and they'd be like, you know, arrive like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Okay, like I'm taking off my shirt. I'm going to start. And they would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like, don't you want to like maybe chat a little bit, build some rapport? But I think for me, that spoke miles about how how excited uh, women were about the possibility of something better, right? I mean, if somebody would drive an hour with a newborn, you know, and their breast pump and pump in front of strangers and then put on these like Frankenstein looking things, again, that, that alone for me was like, wow. I mean, when would you go undress in front of strangers, right? And also like lose quote unquote three hours of your day for that. So I think that that alone was such a big learning experience and that we were learning and, and uh, eventually we did that, I mean, through the development of a product, maybe close to a hundred times. Like, I mean, we, we had uh, over a hundred months um, tested, give extensive feedback. And even now, you know, we're, we're a pretty, pretty young company. Uh, we just officially launched the product to market last year and we're still gathering so much feedback. You know, we get on calls with moms, you know, we, many moms offered to like send pictures <laughs> and things like that. Um, so I think you're kind of never done, uh, really with that iterative process. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's all about talking to, to the user, right. And, and seeing how best you can design something to fit, 
as seamlessly as possible into their into their current routine. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of a lot of people to get to test the product and to give feedback. And I'm sure they all had probably contradictory different things to say about it, which is always really interesting to try to figure out which direction to go in or if you need to make two different products or or what to do there. But it does say a lot about I think the lack of innovation that's been in that space for many years that people were so excited and like clearly women's health is an area that needs more technology and more consideration. So I'm really excited you're working in this space. You said that your company has been launched for less than a year now or about a year now. What have been some of the challenges you've come into since launching? What what are some of the main challenges you've you've experienced in this first year of business you've been going through? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have been developing relationships uh, in with hospitals or lactation specialists and like maternity brands before we even launched. But I think now, you know, the big challenge is uh, as a small company, like how do you scale uh, at a pace that is both uh, financially sustainable and uh, where, where you're still, again, at this stage, we're learning so much from our customer. So it's not like we just want to give this off to a distributor, you know, and run with it. So I think, I mean, the challenge is like, you know, making sure that we're doing the right mix of like our own, you know, we're, develop, we're, we're developing a brand, building consumer trust. But yeah, we also need to, I mean, doing going B2C, right, this is pretty, I mean, it's, it's challenging, right? I mean, how do you create a name for yourself for when, you know, nobody has ever heard about this product or even, you know, the problem per se, right? You try a few things and you course correct. You try a couple things, you course correct. So in many ways, like I feel um, building a company and building a brand is a little bit like yeah, building a product, right? You're always, you're always iterating on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really true. And there's no one right path for anyone. It'll be different from company to company. What have you found to be, you know, working well for you so far? You have your website up. What channels have been working well for you to kind of get the word out about your product? Yeah. Currently, we've been pretty lucky to be able to work with micro, like micro influencers. I think right when we have a product, I think what's really working well to our advantage is that it's a product that's solving a real problem, right? And so when you have micro-influencers that perhaps sometimes are getting bombarded by brands, like try my product and give us a shout out. Micro-influencers in our space are moms, you know, so they actually, I mean, they're breastfeeding and they're breast pumping and they're concerned about their little ones. So when we come and ask, it's like, hey, like, you know, I noticed that you're breast pumping, you know, we have this product. If you're interested, you know, we'd love to chat. And more often than not, we'll get somebody to say like, yes, I'd love to learn more. I'd love to try it. Um, so in that sense, that's been, that's been good. And, you know, how much more of that we can continue to do, again, that, in a way that scales, TBD. But yeah, we're still also like on top of our own uh, e-commerce channel. Uh, we're trying to go at a healthy, at a healthy mix of, distribu- of distribution channels. I don't know if you know a company called Motherly. Um, they're a great um, content provider for for moms, and like they just launched a e-commerce shop. So we're we're selling the Lidubra there, and that's super exciting for us because we're reaching exactly you know the moms that we want to be reaching. So yeah, little by little, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what's tricky in our space is that it's a hybrid consumer medical device product. So you know if we're gonna end up going more the medical device route versus the consumer side is probably still 
TBD based on, you know, we'll see what works best. And the market is changing. Consumer behaviors are changing, right? So, yeah, this might be a silly question, but if you're a new mom and you need to get, you know, a breast pumping device because you just had a mm-hmm. baby, do you generally go out and buy that on your own? Or is that something that you get recommended through your doctor? Or like, what's the usual process for that? Yeah, no, that's a, it's, it's not a silly question at all. It's a great question. And the fact is that it's super fragmented. But the U.S. Uh, actually, I think in 2008, uh, with the Affordable Care Act, they made it such that every mom is eligible to get a breast pump reimbursed by insurance. So this is also where the education work. I mean, a lot of moms don't even know about this, right? So, but the ideal pathway uh, is your insurance will reimburse one. And now because you have to deal with their insurance, you either call them up or they will have their own website. They will send you a list of the, you know, the pumps that they, that they carry. And then you typically call or work through what's called a durable medical equipment provider that, you know, for, you know, why in the world would you ever know about these? There's no other reason except, again, your insurance tells you who to go to. But what we're starting to see is a trend in, in a new... These DMEs are, you know, getting modernized and they have an e-commerce uh, channel now. So you can go to... One is called like Aeroflow Breast Pumps or I think there's also like uh, insurancecoveredbreastpumps.com and so you go there, you fill in your your uh, doctor information, your insurance, and then then it just looks like a co- typical e-commerce experience. You pick the pump that you want, and then then they do the paperwork for you, and then they ship it to you. But it's a little bit of a process. I mean, even that is like uh, so some some moms are like don't want to deal with it, and you can go buy your breast pump from insurance. I mean, not from insurance, from Amazon, from Target, from. CVS. Um, so they're kind of like, it's a super, super fragmented market. Um, you can also get it from your hospital and sometimes you can even rent them. So interesting. So it's kind of all over the, like you have this baby and, or maybe you do this ahead of time before you have the baby, but you basically leave the hospital and you're like, cool. So I either have to like do this through insurance, which sounds like probably a nightmare because insurance companies usually are go buy one and pay for it myself. Or like, there's all these crazy options. And I feel like it's such an interesting market because when you have a baby, there's just so many new expenses. And like a lot of things when you first have a baby are not something you're going to use forever. Like for example, the breast pump you use when the the baby is an infant and then probably don't need it again unless you have another child. So like, yeah. there's all these things around having a, a child that you have to invest in that I don't think you think about ahead of time. Like I know my head's definitely not there yet. Like I haven't considered like, Oh, if we decide to have a kid, all the things are going going to have to get in order to make that happen and work. Yeah, with- exactly. I mean, you'd be surprised, but I mean, of course, there's so many things for sleep and for, I don't know, for a hundred thousand things, but just for breast pumping supplies. I mean, sometimes people are spending around like a thousand dollars because wow. it's a breast pump, it's a milk collection box, it's the bottles, it's the bottle warmer. It, you know, it just starts adding up. But like you said, like, how are you going to know that you need them? Yeah. And it, it's <laughs> like, if you don't, have time to research every single thing you do. You kind of are just at the well of like whatever somebody shows you. <laughs> You're like, cool. Yeah, that's exactly. Good. I don't know. So it's really, yeah. there's not a lot of knowledge around this market. And especially like women like us who don't have 
children yet, if whether or not we're going to, but like just as when adult women, we don't, you wouldn't know about the space probably if you didn't get into it. I don't really know about the space. So like just the education around it and learning about how it works is like so interesting and so needed. And absolutely for you from a marketing perspective, I would imagine does create a very unique challenge because it, it seems like a branding choice, you know, like where you want to take it. Do you want to be a more like lifestyle brand that's like an e-commerce purchasing thing or do you want to be more of a utility that's available through insurance sites and things like that which are two kind of different consumer products really yeah no absolutely i think the and the branding strategy or like i mean who do you partner with like hospitals or and i think i mean both obviously have have uh, both would be exciting but um but i think it just shows again yeah the, the lack of of development in the space right the fact that you know it's kind of all, all over the place and like the, the fact you mentioned like about the lack of education the only thing about this is that regardless of what path we go to I mean we still need to build that awareness and create that education and then many times it's lacking because the research is also lacking you know <laughs> so there's actually quite a bit of uh, um, groundwork that needs to be done and yeah. I mean, in the space as a whole, I guess that leads me to the question of, I realize Lulu, you're a young company, so this is probably enough to handle for right now, but what are your grand visions for the company in the future? Knowing that this space is so ripe with need, I feel like women's healthcare just needs so much innovation. Do you have plans to kind of like expand on that in the future or do you, are you going to kind of stay focused on the pumps or what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, if we could speak of the waving magic wands, <laughs> we would definitely love to be more of a broader, you know, really play in a broader category in women's health. Um, I do think like we've, because of where we are, we've obviously learned a lot about just the lactation space. And even just within that, there's so much need for innovation. But I guess I've developed now this like interest in this emerging market, which is called Femtech, right? Which is women's health. And for instance, you'd be surprised, but for all like like different ages of you know women's life, uh, I mean, a lot of, of innovation is also lacking for menopause. A lot of innovation is lacking for... I think like pregnancy and fertility are being more and more tackled, but yeah, there's again, like I think immense both need and opportunity uh, for mental health in particular. And some things are tied. I mean, something we found about breast pumping and why we also think it's so important is that it's not only that there's like physical pain and discomfort sometimes associated with it, but there's also a lot of mental stress. And then when we look at, you know, the statistics in the U S where there's very high levels of, um, postpartum mood disorders I can't help but think you know like that so many of these things are extremely related I mean I can tell you that a lot of the research we've done a lot of the moms we've talked to partly you know why they also end up being such big cheerleaders of the work we're doing is because they're like wow like it feels like nobody's paying attention to my problems it feels like nobody out there cares for me and I'm here all alone taking care of my baby but it feels like you guys are taking care of me. And I was like, oh, that's, that's beautiful, you know? Um, so I think that the more that we can do, like it starts with one physical product. And I think that there's a way that we can start building an ecosystem around that. But yeah, if we could, you know, if I could say, you know what, we want to be in five, 10 years, uh, it would be a little bit more of a, you know, broader 
like brands serving different women's health problems. But for now, yeah, very focused on the breast pumping and lactation space. Again, just because there's so much need there. There, there's a ton, and it's interesting hearing you, hearing you talk about like other areas within women's health that need technological advances. I mean, I, I've always said for years it's a little stereotypical. Nothing against men, but I always said if men took birth control, like we would have such a more advanced option for that at this point. And I think it has a lot to do with just not enough women being in STEM in our country. And you know, you worked in software before coming over to the product side, but I think oftentimes to have that thinking process of like, how could I use technology to advance this and, and make this different? We just need more women in that space in the, the technology side of things and to be focused there. And it's really exciting that that was your path and that you're kind of leading this company and hopefully going to grow it. And I'm excited to see what else you come up with down the road, because I think it's, a really important space that doesn't have enough people like you in it yet. And I hope more and more people get into it and continue to help it grow. Yeah, no, thank you so, so much. And I mean, it is like uh, through opportunities like this, right? I mean, uh, like for you, like giving us a, a platform to talk about it and a space to talk about it. And uh, I think that's how, how we get more people involved, right? And uh, I'm, uh, I'm always an optimist, but in general, I do think that, you know, even... There's always things that are are bound to change, and I think that, in at least in again that intersection of women's health, we are at a, at a really interesting point, right? This talk about uh, diversity and gender equality and things like that that are at least now are being talked about and addressed. And then on the healthcare side, I mean the advances, you know, even now, you know, with uh, in times of uh, pandemic, right? There were things that were a little bit stuck, and then. You know, now with telemedicine and things like that, you know, um, and things being like accelerated, at least from a regulatory standpoint, I think we'll continue to see, um, you know, more innovation. And I mean, that's that's our hope. Yeah, I hope so. And yeah, you can anybody listening who wants to learn more about this. I find this interesting, even though I don't currently need one of your products but in the future i may and it's just super interesting to learn about and good to kind of prepare for so if you go to wearlilu.com you can see the product learn more all about it i feel like whether or not you're even in the life stage where you might need this soon or not it's good to go look at and learn about because i think as women we don't talk about any of this very often or know much about it so Check it out no matter what. And um, I think keep that conversation going because this has been, I'm 33 years old and this has been extremely informative to me because I knew nothing about this. And you would think by like this point in my life, I would, I would know more, but I don't. So it, it's super interesting and great to learn about. And I'm going to send this link as well to all my pregnant friends. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and awesome. um, yeah, no, I mean, also if anybody ever has any questions and feedback, um, you know, I'd be more than happy to, to, to chat. And uh, I'm also learning every day as we go. So I, I love to have uh, these sort of conversations because five years ago, I knew nothing about breast pumping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And um, it's awesome that you're available to people. So if anybody's interested in this product, I would take her up on that offer. Thank you so much, Adriana. Yeah, no, thanks again. Thank you.